you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. It's Wednesday, January 13th, and I appreciate you joining me today. And uh, hey, let's start out with a bang because tonight or on Tuesday night, because uh, I guess you're listening to this on Wednesday, was a total disaster for TCU basketball. They fall to Oklahoma 82-46. to The Frogs are now 9-5 and overall, 2-4 and in conference play. They have lost three in a row, all conference games. They lost to Kansas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State back-to-back-to-back. Excuse me, Kansas, Baylor, and Oklahoma three in a row. And Billy Wessels uh, from Horn Frog Blitz, the 247 network put out that they've lost those three games by an average of 27 points um i don't really want to go over the stats because i I don't see the point but i'll just tell you it was a terrible day all around the frogs were 21 percent from three 35 percent from the free throw line 35 percent from the free throw line uh just truly an amazing feat and got blitzed by ou tonight and this was an OU team that was a little bit shorthanded. Uh, Brady Manick was out of this game because of COVID protocols. And Austin Reeves only had 11 points. It was the best job they've done on Austin Reeves all year long. But here we are, this TCU team sitting at 2-4 and four in conference play and uh, a schedule that's not getting any easier. But I want to talk big picture tonight because – this was embarrassing, and there's no way around it. I mean, they got absolutely destroyed. This was a Trent Johnson-era-level loss by the TCU Horn Frogs tonight. And I feel like we're starting to reach a point. Um, and I, I don't want to be hot take guy, and I've cooled off a little bit. I was going to record this right after the game, but I waited a little while because uh, my thoughts were just – kind of all over the place, and I think I was a little too emotional at the time, but this is a an inexcusable loss. I mean, hey, you lose to Oklahoma on the road. I get it. They're a, a good basketball team, but they're a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, and there just wasn't much fight tonight. Um, in the first half, you know, they got out to a very early 4 to nothing lead and quickly gave that away, and then there was a, a stretch – where they cut it to a four-point game. I can't remember what the score was. I believe it was maybe 23-19 to 19 or something like that, or 22-18, to 18, and you felt like, okay, they cut it to four. They were playing good defense. They were starting to get some things going on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe they'll uh, turn this thing around. And then OU came out of a timeout and just went on a huge run and never looked back. And in the second half, um, they got out to a huge run early to start that second half. It was 34-22 to 22 at halftime. And TCU just went through another stretch where they could not score. This is two games in a row where they scored under 50 points. 49 points against Baylor, 46 tonight against Oklahoma. Getting beat is one thing. Like, I'm not surprised that they got beat by Baylor. And I think the effort level in that game was actually pretty good. Baylor... I know you don't want to hear it, but they might be the best team in the country. It's either them or Gonzaga. Um, So that didn't surprise me. They got destroyed by Kansas, a Kansas team that came limping into Fort Worth without Marcus Garrett, one of their best players, after getting defeated by Texas. 
And you felt like, okay, at least they could hang with that team, and they did not. And then tonight, an Oklahoma team that you pushed to the limit when you played them in Fort Worth probably should have won that game, but just couldn't close strong and get it done. And you get destroyed. I mean, this is a 36-point loss on the road. And there's no excuse for it. And I think the uncomfortable truth here is it feels like we might have reached our ceiling with the Jamie Dixon era. Um, I mean, they were very good when he got there. They made the tournament in their second season. And maybe they were too good too fast. And we had unrealistic expectations. They haven't made the tournament since. They do not look like a tournament team this year. Last year, I know there wasn't a selection show, but I don't think they would have made the tournament um, if there was. And this season, they definitely don't look like a postseason team. Uh, They look very lost right now. The effort is not good. The offense is terrible. It's broken. They, They don't have much creativity there. It just seems like it's all about guys making individual plays. And, I mean, you gotta be better than that. So, I'm not calling for Jamie's job tonight, but Jeremiah Donati and and the powers that be need to start having some real conversations about what do you want in your men's basketball program? Because under Jamie Dixon, it feels like they are uh, an NIT team that could maybe pull off an upset or two. And if that's what you think the ceiling is for TCU basketball, then that – that's uh, I guess that's your guy, but I just I expect more from a team located where they are in the Big Twelve, and I mean you got to be able to compete. You know I saw Frogs of War Melissa uh, who works there at Frogs of War, and she put together a thread and it was it gave some great context to the season. You know they only they only had twelve practices in the off season, and. Uh, they've had guys in and out because of COVID all year long, and they only had 12 practices in the offseason because of COVID. So they're a, a pretty much a brand-new team, brand-new roster. They lost a first-round draft pick in the NBA in Desmond Bain, and Jamie is uh, one of the better coaches that's ever come through here. He's a good college coach. And I'll just say I think all that's true, and there's definitely reasons as to why they're struggling. But Jamie Dixon sort of wore out his welcome at Pitt. They were ready for him to leave. And I just, I'm concerned that we've reached sort of a peak for this team. And she also brought up a good point. If you let Jamie Dixon go, who's coming in? Well, I, I don't know. But, I mean, maybe somebody who could not lose by 36 to Oklahoma and Norman. Um, I, I feel like this is an attractive job. Now, it's not the most attractive job in the country. It's not the most attractive job in the Power Five. But you got good facilities. You got commitment to spending. And you're in a good location. So I think there uh, are some possibilities there. But TCU gets embarrassed tonight. And uh, we might circle back to this later on in the show. I I just thought it was inexcusable the way they lost. And the effort has to be better. Coming up next, we'll talk some more TCU athletics. But right now, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar ever. They have some great uh, kind of classic flavors like German chocolate and peanut butter, but also 
some uh, some some more creative flavors or unique flavors, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake and the like. And one of the great things about Built Bars is it's good for you. Only 180 calories, uh, only a couple of grams of sugar, a couple of grams of fat. So it's not going to uh, ruin your diet. It's not going to ruin, you know, it's not something you have to only eat on your cheat day. It's good fuel for your body. It helps you, helps give you some energy, helps tie you over uh, during a work shift or during a workout. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. Locked on Horn Frogs. Let's talk about something uh, a little bit cheerier, a little bit happier in this next segment. Um, I saw this note yesterday, and, you know, college baseball preseason rankings are sort of interesting because there's no official, like, one standard poll that everyone goes by. Uh, obviously, in college basketball and college football, the AP poll is sort of what everyone stands by, and that's what you use to say, hey, these are the teams um, that are the best in, in the nation going into the season. And college baseball, D1 baseball does a really great job. Kendall Rogers there, that website, covers college baseball like nobody else. Um, I know Baseball America has a poll that comes out every year. But I just saw this on Twitter recently, and College Baseball Nation, which uh, I'll be honest with you, I was not aware of before I, I saw this tweet, but they do have uh, over 14,000 followers. They're credentialed media. They were at the College World Series back in 2019, and they put a preseason top 50 poll together, and it's the first college baseball poll that I've seen. Florida's number one, UCLA number two, Texas Tech number three, Big 12 team, Vandy at four, Ole Miss at five, Arkansas at six, Louisville at seven, Mississippi State at eight, and at number nine, the TCU Horned Frogs. And I'm not necessarily shocked at this. Uh, I think that TCU team in 2020 had a lot of potential. They were off to a nice start. They had some impressive victories. Um, but then everything shut down and I know this group is loaded because they had a number of guys come back, uh, with the extra year of eligibility. I know everyone around the country feels pretty loaded right now because of that same reason you have a ton of seniors back and there's just going to be a, a lot of talent. This might be the best year of college baseball across the nation that we've ever seen. But TCU comes in at number nine, and TCU baseball has established a culture of excellence. They had those four straight College World Series appearances, and then the past two seasons, and I'm not counting the 15 games they played in 2020, last two seasons uh, were frustrating. I mean, they, they took a big dip. They were sort of middle of the league. Um, they were able to sneak in the tournament two seasons ago. And the year before that, should have won the Big 12 tournament to get into the NCAA tournament, but weren't able to pull it out, lost in extra innings, and end up missing uh, the tournament that year. But this is a group that we should be excited about. And I was just looking over the roster over the last few days. Hunter Wolf, outfielder, back. 
a guy that can hit at the top of the order, can handle the bat really well. Connor Shepard, another veteran back. Zach Humphreys, catcher, back. Um, Gene Wood, the transfer from Alabama, who was having a really good season last year before everything got shut down. He's back. Austin Henry, uh, who's been in the middle of the lineup the past couple seasons, he'll be back. Chuck King, maybe the most versatile guy on this pitching staff, has been in the bullpen. He's been a starter the last few years, and Chuck is just a reliable guy. You know he's going to go five or six innings. He's going to give you quality innings, throw quality strikes, and keep you in a, in a baseball game. Halen Green was having an unbelievable season before everything shut down. Uh, and had a great finish to the season two years ago, was starting to uh, round into form and be a guy who you could bring into a game in just about any situation, high leverage situations, long relief. Um, he was one of the best relievers of the nation, and he's coming back for another year. Porter Brown, really fast, uh, great leadoff hitter from San Antonio, Gray Rogers was having a good season last year. You go down the list, I mean, it's just name after name. Marcelo Perez, who had been in the back of the bullpen for his first couple seasons of his career. Johnny Ray, the Juco transfer, who was their Friday night starter uh, in the 15 games that they had in 2020. This team is stacked. Now, as I said, they're number nine in this pulled by uh, College Baseball Nation, Texas Tech's number three. You also have Texas in the top 25. Uh, and they rank the top 50. And in that top 50, you have Baylor showing up. You have, um, you know, this is not a Big 12 team, but Dallas Baptist and Texas A&M, who if you play non-conference games, you're going to see Oklahoma State sitting there at 28. So this league is is ready to rock. I mean, there are good teams all around in the Big 12, and TCU coming in at number nine, um, I think you have to have and should be excited about this group. You should have high expectations for this team. Um, it's It's insane. It's crazy. And I'm ready to see some college baseball. I saw Kendall Rogers. They're still figuring out the schedule. We don't have an exact start date now, which is weird. I know you're thinking, doesn't this usually start in February? It does. It usually starts over Valentine's Day. And it's January 12th. We don't have a schedule yet. They're still working that out. But I do know that the coaches at least have agreed on a 32-game conference schedule that means four game series every single weekend in big 12 play and the ad's are working on approving it so that should be exciting four game series across the big 12 and across college baseball uh during the course of the year i'm ready to see some frog ball i'm ready to see frog ball usa out there at lupton stadium i think this team this team is the group this is the roster that's going to get this uh, program back to where it belongs. You know, we got spoiled there for a while, sort of thought Omaha was almost like a right, and the last few seasons approved. You still have to play great baseball to get there, and I hope that this team can do that. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Let's talk about betonline.ag. NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. 
If you want to make some money, if you want to wager some money, make sure you go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They have all the uh, the lines. They have advice for you. They have prop bets. Get on the action. Betonline.ag. College football just came to an end, but the NFL is still going on. NBA is in full swing. If you want to, you know, get some more interest in a random Tuesday night game between the Lakers and the Rockets, go to betonline.ag, take their advice. You can also just find the latest headlines there so you can find out about injuries. You can find out whatever's going on in sports. It's your one-stop shop, news, notes, analysis, and also great advice for betting, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you go to uh, their website. You can get a 50% welcome bonus. Start making money today, betonline.ag. Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment on this Wednesday, and one to remind you, please uh, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, it's easy to do wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. I recently discovered TuneIn has my podcast there, so if you listen that way, thanks for doing it. And if you subscribe, then it downloads directly to your phone. You can listen to it whenever and wherever. And I'd love to interact with you on social media. My personal account is at SimcockSteven. And then also uh, at Locked On Horn Frogs or at Locked On TCU, excuse me. At Locked On TCU is the show account. My personal account is at Locked On at, <laughs> at Stephen Simcox. I'm losing my mind. Sorry, it's late at night. At SimcockSteven is my personal account. And would love to interact with you. If you have thoughts on the show, um, if you think I just had a stroke because I couldn't say Twitter handles back-to-back, that's understandable, but uh, would appreciate any feedback you have about the pod, what you'd like to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. And today I want to actually close with uh, sort of a Big 12 note. And I watched the national title game last night, as I'm sure most of you did, and Alabama gets the victory. They, they win big 52-24. to Devontae Smith had a massive game, 215 yards in one half. He gets hurt early in the second half and has to sit out the rest of the game. But Alabama cruised to a victory, and one of the big storylines in that game was uh, Alabama's offense was incredible. It's been incredible all year long. And Steve Sarkeesian is, I guess you could say, he's the architect of that offense. I mean, he's definitely been leading them for the last few years. He will be headed to Texas, and he's going to be the new head coach in Austin. Uh, Texas players were very excited last night. I saw Bajan Robinson, Texas's super freshman running back, will be a sophomore next year. Um, he was tweeting out, you know, that he was stoked to play in this offense. Uh, I know other Texas players were saying they're stoked to play in this offense. And it feels like we've already anointed this Texas team as being back. And – Listen, I get it. Steve Sarkeesian, great name. And I think it's a good hire by UT. I really can't. I mean, I said this at one point. I think the best measure of a team's hire is how nervous it makes the opposing fan bases. So, like, if Texas found a way to hire Urban Meyer, which they couldn't do, that would have made me really nervous. Because Urban Meyer has a proven track record. He's been great everywhere he's been. So, I would be confident but he'd find a way to be great at UT. Steve Sarkeesian, it makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, he's a really good offensive mind, has done a nice job at Alabama. Also, Alabama has sort of become like a coach rehab program. And I don't mean that. In the, I know Sark has dealt with alcohol issues. Uh, 
and I think it's awesome that he's rehabilitated himself. I'm not making light of that. I just mean like an image rehab. Um, assistant coaches or former head coaches that sort of wash out for whatever reason. They go to Alabama. They become Nick Saban's offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, and the team thrives. They do a good job. They get another head coaching job. We saw it with Lane Kiffin. We're now seeing it with Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, he loses coordinators at a, at a very quick clip. That's just the, the nature of the beast, the nature of being really good like this Alabama program is. But all that being said, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is not bringing Devontae Smith over to Austin. Um, he's going to figure out who's playing quarterback. Casey Thompson looked good in the Alamo Bowl. Hudson Card's also going to be in the mix. He's not bringing Najee Harris to Austin. Now, Bajon Robinson's a really talented kid, and I think he could be a special player. But I don't think it's just automatic that Texas is going to do this and turn this thing around immediately. Because we said this with Charlie Strong. We said this with Tom Herman. The problem at UT is not talent. They have talent. They're pulling in top 10 recruiting classes. And in the Big 12, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma sort of trade off depending on the year who has the best recruiting class and who has the most four-star and five-star players. Everything at Texas comes down to culture and development. Can Steve Sarkeesian take the guys that he has there and develop them into great players? He was able to do it at Alabama. He got good players to great players. He turned them in to stars. And he sent them off the NFL. That was also under Nick Saban's system, under Nick Saban's culture. And nobody has built a better culture than the University of Alabama. They are in the mix every single year. And they do it with a lot of talented players. A lot of talented players that buy into their system and buy into the team concept. So can Steve Sarkeesian now do that at the University of Texas? We'll see. I think it's very possible. I feel like he comes in with a more impressive resume than Tom Herman. You know, Tom Herman won a conference title at Houston. They won a New Year's Six Bowl game. They also sort of imploded down the stretches last season there. And before that, he was the offensive coordinator of Ohio State and did a great job. But Steve Sarkeesian has been a head coach before at USC. Did a nice job there. Would have, you know, been in that position longer if not for the addiction issues that cost him his job. And he's obviously been a very successful coordinator. Now he's coming to Texas. I think he's going to be able to recruit at a high level. So it all comes down to can you develop that talent and can you put that talent in situations to make plays. And Sark did a really good job of that at Alabama. You saw it last night. He found ways to get Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and Michi all locked up in one-on-one matchups. And oftentimes they were going to win those matchups. So we'll see. But I'm not just ready to crown this Texas team as the next great thing. I want to see it go down first. But a good hire by UT for sure. And I think Sark has the potential to do really good things there in Austin. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk some more TCU football and basketball. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.